Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Saturday, March 20th, 2021. Let's just say this fine Saturday morning, you're craving a cup of coffee. And so you open up the cupboard and you see two mugs, but the problem is they both have a stain on them. One of them, the stain is on the outside of the mug, and one of them, the stain is on the inside of the mug. Which mug are you going to choose to drink from? Well, the correct answer is you're going to take them both out of the cupboard and wash them, so then you can choose either one. But for the sake of this illustration, if you really couldn't wash them, you would choose the cup with the stain on the outside, not on the inside where you're going to be putting that delicious cup of coffee. No, you don't want the stain to be touching what you are drinking. You care about what's going on on the inside more than what you care about what is going on on the outside. And as we come to our Bible reading today, I want us to understand that in God's eyes, it has never been primarily about the outside. God has always had a focus on our hearts. We're going to see that as we consider some things from the Old Testament, but also how we see that play out in the lives of the Pharisees as we look today at Matthew 23, 16 through 28. And here, Jesus continues on with kind of a diatribe against the scribes and the Pharisees, a series of woes and judgments that he pronounces on them. And we see here in verse 25, kind of the illustration that I began with this morning, where it says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate, that the outside may be clean. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanness. So you also outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. So here we see Jesus very clearly calling out the scribes, calling out the Pharisees and the religious leaders for their hypocrisy, that all they care about is appearances, right? They they want to appear respectable. They want to appear upright in the culture, but their hearts are not actually that way. And Jesus rebukes them for that. And that's one thing we need to Kind of be careful of as we read each day, even from both the Old Testaments and the New Testament, because I think it can be tempting for some people to think, well, the Old Testament cared about the outside, but now in the New Testament, God cares about the inside. No, no, no. God has always cared about the inside. It's never been about the outside. And we need to understand the scribes and the Pharisees, although they had the religious power, right? And they were looking to the Old Testament and they missed the Messiah. They were not faithful representatives of what God had revealed in the Old Testament. They were not doing what God had taught them. Because as we go through the Old Testament, we're going to see it's clearly very much about the heart, primarily. And so we see the Pharisees, they were not faithfully serving Yahweh as he had told them to 
in the Old Testament. No, they were hypocrites. They were all about themselves. And now Jesus, Yahweh in the flesh, he is going to call them out for it. And we need to realize it has never been about the outside. And that's going to be helpful to us as we consider Numbers 28 through 30 today. Numbers 28 through 30. And here it goes through, it's a very long list of offerings. It talks about the offerings that were supposed to be offered every day. It talks about the offerings that were supposed to be offered every Sabbath, the offerings that were supposed to be offered at the beginning of a new month, and then some of the special holidays, the Passover, the Feast of Weeks, Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, the Feast of Booths, or the Feast of Tabernacles, and all of the sacrifices that were to accompany these special days or just every day. And now what we need to be careful of here is not falling into a trap thinking that, oh, sacrifices, that was how people in the Old Testament got righteous by what they did on the outside. No, that would fly in the face of what we see, I believe, in the Old Testament, but also in the New Testament. God's people were always saved by faith. And so, We don't want to see, even though we're not commanded to practice these sacrifices today, we are taught that Jesus, he was the sacrifice once and for all. We don't want to look back at this and say, oh, that was an old way where they earned their salvation through works. No, these sacrifices were a way that an Old Testament believer expressed their faith. And they were saved by faith. And one of the ways they showed their faith was by doing these sacrifices. But again, it wasn't primarily about the outside, just like it's not today. Uh, We're not commanded to do sacrifices today. But one thing I think is very clear from the New Testament is that believers should be faithfully involved in a local church. And that's something that is good. But like sacrifices, is that what saves somebody? No, not at all. However, is that a good thing that an obedient, faith-filled person will do? Yes, absolutely. And like the Old Testament, is it possible for someone to do the external things of attending church and even serving in church while inside they are full of hypocrisy, just like it would have been possible in the Old Testament for someone to keep the sacrifices and to do those things while on the inside being full of hypocrisy? Yes. And so we need to read these passages and take warning ourselves right? That, hey, there's external things that God certainly has called us to do, but are we doing them in faith? And are we trusting in God and looking to him for righteousness that we can only find in Jesus Christ and asking him to transform us from the inside out? And that is what we should be doing. And we need to realize it has never been about the outside. It wasn't in the Old Testament. It wasn't in the time of Christ. And it's not about the outside right now. And that doesn't mean uh, oh, well, f- focus on your, your heart and then just don't do anything right on the outside. No, I think we even get the impression from Jesus. No, if you clean the inside of the dish, well, then you will clean the outside of the dish. That righteousness, true righteousness works from the inside out. And that if we are truly righteous on the inside, first and foremost, through the imputed righteousness of Christ that we receive when we put our faith in him, and then as we grow through this process of sanctification, the righteousness is going to work from the inside out. So we might you're not being told or tempted to sacrifice this weekend, but make sure that you're not just caught up in appearances, caught up in externals, but that you are truly seeking God from the inside out. 
It's no good in God's eyes if you're going to church and checking the box and and doing good things when in your heart there's greed, there's immorality, lust, uh, covetousness, anger, all of these things. We want to, from the inside out, from the heart, honor our God and our Savior. And we see a little bit more of this external versus internal reality as we now hear the testimony of the Apostle Paul in Acts 26, 1 through 11. And as we look at Acts 26, 1 through 11, we've set the scene yesterday with this mass gathering of the rich and the famous and the powerful there in Caesarea. And now Paul is going to get a chance to make his own defense. And he highlights, you know, that he believes in the resurrection and he thinks that's part of this brouhaha that has uh, you know come about and he wants to say that's ridiculous how how is the resurrection from the dead so controversial but he also testifies to the emptiness of his former way of life he says in verse 4 my manner of life from my youth spent from the beginning among my own nation and in Jerusalem is known by all the Jews they have known for a long time if they are willing to testify that according to the strictest party of our religion i have lived as a pharisee and, and He talks about how he was zealous for God so much, at least in his mind, that he persecuted Christians and he cast his vote against Christians to put them to death. But we know all of that was not true righteousness. In fact, that was anger and and hate and self-righteousness. But Paul was transformed and we'll get to that as we read next about him getting to that road in Damascus and that part of his story. But let's wrap up today in Psalm 37, verses 10 through 17. We see this psalm that encourages us not to worry, not to be afraid, but to trust God and to be faithful to him. And it says in verse 10, in just a little while, the wicked will be no more. Though you carefully look at his place, he will not be there. But the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. And I want us to see how these verses have often been proved true throughout the history of man, but also they will be ultimately proven true in the long run. I think throughout history, there are plenty of times where we see God step in to judge the wicked and the meek do inherit the land. And meek, I think we see even as strength under control, right? Not responding in wrath, not responding to evil with evil, but overcoming evil with good. And just one practical example from history that comes to my mind as I think of this is Christians in persecuted countries. Specifically, I think of Christians that were behind the Iron Curtain uh, throughout the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s of the 1900s, right? Under the threat of communism and persecuted for their faith and how eventually those governments crumbled. But the meek, many of those Christians, well, they, they went on to inherit the land. And as you think about their example, they were meek. They did not respond to their persecutors with anger and with wrath. They often respond with prayer and love and sharing the gospel. And there's even so many stories of them leading their their guards and their prison keepers to faith in Christ who are so moved by their example. But we also know this will be proven true in the long run, right? That there are times where Christians are persecuted and even killed for their faith. There are moments where it seems like the wicked are winning and dying happily in in supposed peace. But we know at the end of all things, Jesus Christ will come back and there will be judgment. Ultimately, they are not going to get away with it. 
But the meek, those that have trusted in Christ and sought to follow his example, they will inherit the land, not just temporarily, but for eternity. And meekness, again, really comes from a lot of attributes that are going to come from the inside out. It takes a real trust in God to be meek. It takes a real trust in God to obey when God says, don't return evil for evil, but overcome evil with good. So may we not be people who just settle for a, a cheap external outside righteousness, but may we be people that hunger and thirst for the righteousness that only God can provide, a righteousness that makes us whole in the eyes of God and a righteousness that begins to transform us from the inside out. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.